Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me. I'm in my office today, and I've got my Bible open to Joshua chapter 4. This is the story and the account of the Israelites crossing over the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And at the beginning of chapter 4, Joshua, it says this, When the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you will stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. In the last several podcasts, we've been talking about unity, how unity positions us to experience a blessing which God commands. And as the church, the ecclesia, comes together in community, in love for one another, and as they come together in agreement, in focused prayer, the presence and authority of God are on display in such a way that the world takes notice. This story is a beautiful picture of this very thing. Twelve stones being taken up from the dried-up riverbed of the Jordan River by each of the twelve tribes of Israel and placed together as a memorial to what God did in bringing them together over the Jordan and into the Promised Land. It pictures what Jesus told the disciples when he said, May they be one, even as you are in me and I in you, that the world would believe. May you love one another so that the world will know that you are my disciples. And now, Israel is poised to take possession of the promised land, to evict the enemies of God, and occupy the land which God had given them. In this podcast, we talk about transformation. This picture is just one of many that are found in this account of Israel's journey from slavery in Egypt to their occupying and taking possession of the promised land. I think there's value in doing a flyover, an overview of this journey, and spotlighting several of these pictures, which I'm going to do over the next several podcasts, because their journey is a picture of our journey, both individually and corporately. Contained in their story are lessons and warnings that are invaluable to both spur us on and to warn us of those things that will halt our progress and bring death, keeping us from our destination, which is the spirit-filled life and the fulfillment of the mission God has given his church. Each of us were created with purpose and destiny. Our promised land is the fulfillment of the thing that we are fashioned and created for. Corporately, we were also given a mission and a promised land, which is to disciple nations and occupy the land being held by the enemy. 
You're bringing all things under the authority of Jesus Christ and his reign, his lordship. Like Israel, we begin our journey enslaved to the world and to sin. Egypt is a picture of the world, the ruthless master whose desire is to keep me and my family and my nation in bondage to sin, not just today, but for generation after generation. It's interesting that the Jews were not conquered by Egypt. They were just living there after the generation of Joseph and became enslaved to the ruler of the land in which they dwelt. That's true for us as well. We were born into this world as slaves to sin without hope of deliverance until God made a way. God provided a deliverer in Moses and the means of deliverance from death through the blood of the Passover lamb. Through that blood, Israel is saved from death and sets out from Egypt towards the promised land. In the same way, it's through the blood of Jesus that we are set free from the bondage of sin and the death which was sin's due penalty. As they set out from Egypt, they were baptized in the Red Sea. As the waters parted and they went through on dry land, while the world, the Egyptians, were drowned. In the same way, through baptism, we were buried with Christ in his death. Sin no longer has the power to enslave us against our will, but we emerge from the waters, a new creation in Christ, risen in him to live in newness of life. From there, Israel's journey through the wilderness was only meant to last days or weeks, but because of their disobedience and lack of faith, they wandered there for 40 years. You may remember after Jesus' baptism, he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days before beginning his public ministry. After the resurrection, it was about the same amount of time that the church was to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them so that they would be empowered to fulfill their mission. If I had to guess, I'd say this was probably how long God meant Israel to be in the wilderness as he prepared them to enter the promised land. In the same way, God will bring us into wilderness seasons to both strengthen our faith and to prepare us for fruitful ministry. So then after 40 years passed, Israel finally crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. The crossing of the Jordan River pictures the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The ark, which represented God's presence among them, was carried by the priests into the middle of the river and the whole nation passed through just as they had passed through the Red Sea. Jesus came out of that same Jordan River after being baptized by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit came upon him to empower him for his public ministry. In the same way on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the church to empower them to be Christ's witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the world. So then finally, we see the occupation of the promised land which is the establishment of God's kingdom through the church. The Bible says that all things were created through Christ, for Christ, so that in everything he might have preeminence. In my life, 
transformation is Jesus occupying and reigning in every space, every room, every place of my life, every part, with his kingdom and reign expanding from there into my marriage, my family, my workplace, my school, my city, and my nation. The church, the ecclesia, consists of living stones that are being built into a habitation for God's Spirit. We are to be filled with the Spirit and then go to be His witnesses in an ever-increasing radius, occupying where the gates of Hades had previously occupied. Now that sounds exciting, and yet, how many of us live our lives in the wilderness instead of the promised land? Now God wants us to see the big picture. This podcast is about pulling all of these biblical principles and paradigms together to form that picture of what God has for each and every one of us, both individually and in community as the church. You and I are children of God, citizens of heaven, members of his body, called as his ecclesia to disciple nations and loose God's blessings over people's lives and families and cities and to displace the gates of Hades. We were made to take God's presence into every arena, every strata of society where he leads us. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. I need to ask myself, am I living life in the wilderness or am I living life in the promised land? Today, the warning of Scripture is that among those who crossed the Red Sea, only Joshua and Caleb made it across the Jordan and into the Promised Land. Now Joshua, he gets all the press. You know, he was a great leader of the nation of Israel who took them into the Promised Land. We remember him for saying, Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But Caleb was a rock star. At 85 years old, Caleb entered the promised land and then specifically asked for the land that he was promised where the giants live for his inheritance. In Joshua 14, Caleb says this. He says, so here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites, the giants, were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. May that be said of us today, that we followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The Bible says that since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, men like Caleb and Joshua surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So today, let's fix our eyes on Jesus as we move toward the land that he has promised us and prepared for us to dwell in. Amen.